everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Gallo, and I'm joined, as always, by the fashionable Justin Dubin. What? Dolomite is my name. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't know. I was. I didn't know where to go with it. I just. I got. I froze. I froze. Wow. You froze. You froze yes. like Harry at the end of Harry and the Hendersons until John Lithgow punches him to tell him to leave. Yeah, that was. He could have ripped John Lithgow's head right off if he wanted to. I think about that a lot. But he Keeps knew. No, but he knew John Lithgow didn't mean the punch. It was a punch of love and right. frustration. It was like, get out of here. Get out of here. They're coming. You got to go. <laughs> this podcast talks more about Henry and the ha- – <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons than any other podcast probably out there. Um, I once came in contact with John Lithgow. Did you ask him about Harry and the Hendersons? No. I um, th- Not to disappoint you, but I did try to organically – Work in a compliment for his work as the villain in the 1980s film Santa Claus the Movie. And he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> well, you know his work well. so I, I Yeah, yeah. It, it just uh, – it was – he looked at me and I think maybe gave a slight smile. There were no words and then he walked away. It was fear. There was fear in his eyes. <laughs> The Trinity Killer from Dexter felt fear when I brought up his stunning role as the villain in uh, Santa, Claus. Santa Claus the movie. What Beautiful. a great movie. Yeah. Anyway, so John Lithgow has looked Harry in the eye and punched him, but yes. couldn't couldn't stand to revisit Santa Claus the movie. Correct. That's okay. Um, well, welcome everybody to your uh, – Number one, Harry and the Hendersons podcast. This week we're going to talk about the daughter in the film and whether or not there was sexual tension <laughs> between her and Harry. And Harry. Right. Of course. It's going to be a very short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome, everyone. Dolomite is my name. It's actually what we're going to talk about. Right, Justin? That's correct. Um, this movie... It's a Netflix movie. Is this one of the best Netflix films? You know, okay, fine. First, yeah, you're really, you're I'm really, really jumping getting in. Getting into it. Because, well, we know Bright is the best Netflix film. Yes, of course. Uh, of I'm course. kidding. I'm kidding. It's it's uh, it's Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. I still have not watched that. Me neither. But I've heard from some people that it's like, it's good enough. <laughs> like, if Well, they're making a second one, so. Right, which is shocking. And also. We all know uh, their Christmas movies are the best that they make. They're here, so Justin. many good ones. And I'm very excited. We're going to review all of them, of course. No, that's not what we're doing. but Not today, yeah. but we're going to eventually. Really? Yeah, that's what we did last year. Everyone loved it. No, didn't, well, but aren't there like 30 this year? Well, we'll review like five of them. We'll review the big ones. How about that? Yeah. We'll review Princess Christmas Switch. Prince 3, Princess Switch. That's not again. coming out till next year. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's disappointing. They're they they clearly could have they easily could have someone just I'm pretty sure the Princess Switch, which we reviewed here, right? Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure someone told like a, a junior publicist or a junior development associate, like, oh, by the way, start put put Princess Switch two 
into production for 2019 and the paper just got shuffled <laughs> the memo <laughs> got shuffled in somewhere and so they didn't have enough time to make the piece of shit sequel to that piece of shit I am, movie no, first off that first and, movie is amazing and second off Based on the production value and the script and the acting, they could probably shoot it in two days. So I disagree with you there. I think, I think there was a terminal velocity where like it hit the point where someone found that paper and was like, oh, shit. And then they looked at the calendar and they said, there's just not enough time. Well, anyway, we'll talk about those films at another time. There's I already one out. The Rob Lowe one with Kristen Davis from Sex in the City. Oh, I got to watch it. What's, What's it called? called? Holiday in the Wild? Or It takes place in Africa and uh, – yeah, and, and she gets stranded in Africa or something, and he's like the rugged guide at her camp, and they for fall Christmas. in love for Christmas, yeah. I can't wait. Ugh, I kind of don't want to see that one. I, all right. Well, I haven't even seen Kissing Booth. I have to watch that. I don't know what that is. It's supposed to be a good one. Anyway, let's get into Dolomite is my name, because that is what we were brought here to do. To And review. it's our game. Dolomite. I thought that's what you were going to do. You really. Justin is my name and reviewing Dolomite is my game. That That's what you wanted me to say? Here we go. Let's do it. What'd you do to your hair? You look like a pimp. It's all pretend. I just created a character. Dolomite. <laughs> you true. Pull on it. Oh, that's oh, a wee. That's right. Whatever it takes, I'm ready to do it. I got to be totally outrageous. It's filthy. You've got a product here that you can't sell or promote. All my life, people have been telling me no. Rudy, sometimes our dreams just don't come true. A man slam a door in my face, I just find another door. I want the world to know I exist. And what you just heard was a clip from the trailer for Dolomite Is My Name. And it stars uh, Eddie Murphy, Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess, Divine Joy Randolph, Cody Smith-McPhee, Snoop Dogg, and a whole lot of other people. And it's directed by Craig Brewer, who uh, he directed- Hustle and Flow. Hustle and Flow. But the big news with him, Justin, is he is directing the Coming to America sequel, Coming to America, which- uh, They are currently in- Started filming. Currently production. And Justin, if this movie uh, is any indication of his directing prowess, I'm excited for coming to America. And his ability to get the best out of Eddie Murphy. Yes, sir. I, I agree with you. Justin, what is – I hope so. What is uh, Dolomite is my name about? Eddie Murphy portrays real-life legend Rudy Raymore, a comedy and rap pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious, obscene, kung fu fighting alter ego Dolomite became a 1970s black exploitation phenomenon. Hijinks ensued. Yes, they do. And Justin, uh, is it wrong to say that the best thing in this Eddie Murphy movie might have been Wesley Snipes? <laughs> Really? <laughs> I mean, listen, not the best. Eddie Murphy, clearly, he was in every scene in this movie. He held this movie on his shoulders. But Wesley Snipes killed it. He wasn't even in the in the cast list that I just read, was he? No. I actually think the whole sta- whole cast was just oh, yeah. out of this world. This For was sure. an all-time cast. This movie is wonderful. It is the acting's fantastic. The directing's fantastic. The story is incredibly inspirational. This is one of the most inspirational films I've I've seen in a long, long time. 
And it is funny. It is very, very funny. The character himself, the the the, the story of of the of Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite's funny. It's just an all around fantastic movie. Yeah. That's how I feel. How do you? What do you think, Matt? I thought this was a really good film as well. I loved seeing Eddie Murphy just back to form. You know, there was so much. He had so much time in between where he wasn't. Eddie Murphy, I feel like, you know, he was doing these really shitty films, but you know what? Maybe these films are like, you know, what is it? Meet Dave and uh, what else? Norbit? Was that something? Norbit. Yeah, that was definitely and, a thing. Like, I feel like they were his comedy because like Clumps 2, what was it? Nutty Professor 2. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that one. I'm not Nutty Professor I liked. Nutty Professor 2 I did not like. And I feel like that was the start of, which I saw in theaters, that was the start of his decline. Um and so it's nice to see him back in form here. And it, what was it? Mr. Church? Was that his last movie before this? Which movie? Mr. Church, I think it was what it was called. I don't, I don't even anyway, know. Anyway, no one saw it. And he said, yeah. he said in interviews, he's like, I, you know, why did you come out of retirement? And he's like, I didn't want Mr. Church to be my last movie. And he said nothing, <laughs> he said nothing against that movie, but it, you know, it's just, it's just not what I wanted to go out on. And it's true. Cause that was, that was not a comedy. Um, and so this, he was played like a cook or something. This, you know, Dolomite talk about coming out, you know, like swinging again for his, this, this Murphy comeback that we're in the middle of. Um, it, it, he was Eddie Murphy again, which I love because I love Eddie Murphy. You love Eddie Murphy coming to America is one of my favorite films. And I'm a little worried that they're making a sequel, but at the same time, now that we know the director seems competent enough and can get those emotional moments out of Murphy, as well as the laugh out loud moments, I think, uh, it's in decent hands then. Um, I will say this movie didn't make me laugh that much. I actually laughed a lot. Okay. And let's just stick to Murphy for a second. Mm-hmm. This is the best he's been in at least the tw- last 20 years. Easily. Yeah. I think yeah. he's better in this than even Nutty Professor and he was wonderful in that. I think this uh, is... I don't know. Really, I don't know. I just think he is so Nutty Professor, him movie. playing Sherman Klump and Buddy Love, you can't beat that. Either way, it's probably his best performance, at least since that, which has actually yeah. probably been 15, 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. to be... Probably, probably 15 years, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Which is crazy. But this is him in his true form. He's over the top. He's allowed. This is a character playing Dolomite that is over the top, loud, just profane, and extremely, extremely funny. I laughed a lot in this movie. I thought that the all of the Dolomite bits, the opening Dolomite scene where he he goes on stage at the club for the first time. As Dolomite. I could not as Dolomite. Yeah, I could not stop laughing. It, it was so so funny the things that he was saying. And and Matt, you said that Dolomite in regards to Dolomite was. I'm not going to take credit, so you can take. I credit it, 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 it sounds like he was Clay before or Dice, and he was Dice before Dice was Dice. Right, because he used a lot of these rhyming, old, a lot of rhyming, like, almost poetry. It sounds like you know these these lyrics and jokes that he has they're they're lyrical in a way right and they're also very profane at the same time exactly that that so uh, you know that first time he went up on the stage as dolomite i was not laughing really because i was more like are they gonna find this funny i was more invested in the plot (laughs) oh no i was i was a viewer in the audience there okay so 
I yeah no I agree he was great in this Eddie Murphy I didn't again I didn't laugh out loud there are a few parts that I laughed at and a lot of them were some of the Wesley Snipes scenes personally um I will say some of the negative things with this film uh two things mainly did it seem like he got famous very quickly it's a two-hour-long movie with multiple aspects of a man's whole, like, professional career. Like he's, the movie starts with him trying to get Snoop Dogg to play his record. Great. Not yeah. going to happen. He seems like he's, you know, kind of over the hill uh, and not going to really make it. But he persists. He's persistent. And his first stand-up set was, like, so bad that no one was laughing, right? Correct. So then all of a sudden, one night with a bunch of hobos and he's a genius and is able to make this a you know a huge thing, make it a record, get the record sold, and it's just like skyrocketing. I think you're I think you're not, you know, interpreting this the way that it should be interpreted. It's clear he spent a lot of time refining the material in his own apartment. There's right. a montage that they do. Yeah. Um, people tell him he can't do something. There's a montage of him, you know practicing his material he's going around practicing his material it's something that if you're a true entertainer like people know that this doesn't just happen overnight it's a fair assumption that this doesn't happen overnight but what's so interesting about this story is the character the the main character rudy ray moore there were so many levels to what he did and how amazing his story is that I think that part was just okay to skip through in a, in a brief manner because what he did with making a movie is beyond <laughs> well, comprehension. Okay. Justin, this movie is a mixture of Ed Wood and Bowfinger, right? Correct. That's very fair. Which are two fantastic films. Don't don't at me about Bowfinger. It's one of my favorite movies. It made me want to get into entertainment. <laughs> um, and it made me realize I really love movies because it was them making movies, but also hysterical. Uh, and that's Eddie Murphy, of course. With, I mean, that was a great comedic performance by Eddie Murphy, playing two people again. Um, but Chubby Rain. <laughs> chubby Rain, yeah. Why well, is the rain chubby? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so I, I thought that aspect of the movie was great but there's another thing oh i have a confession uh that maybe is the reason i didn't i i thought it was too fast his kind of skyrocket to fame or just even his moderate success um it took me three sittings to get through this movie so why but you have a not, child that's- it's not because of the movie i it's not like oh, i can't get through this no it was because i have a baby and things happened and i need to i can't i she saw two thirds of this movie, for better or worse. I'm assuming that's not a great thing. Um, she but, won't remember anything. She doesn't remember no, anything. She, but but she a, a baby's eyes exactly. seeing. She shouldn't be exposed to the television that young. I feel like. But so so that's my own fault. Okay, that I couldn't carve out two hours to watch this two continuous hours. But that's my another another point I'm bringing up. This is a Netflix movie, arguably one of the better, one of the best Netflix films that they've released. If I saw this in theaters, that wouldn't have happened. I would have sat down. I would have made time to sit down with no baby for two hours and see this movie uninterrupted and arguably had a better experience seeing it. Is So Netflix owning this movie, did it do a disservice to this movie? So are you uh, – so this is, comes down to if a movie is so good, should Netflix 
put it in theaters like they're doing. Irishman is out in theaters right now, but only limited release that's in LA and New York. That's utter bullshit. Yeah, that's utter bullshit because none of the other theaters, none of the big chains are going to show it. Because Correct. I can't even see it. I no. can't even see AMC. it. AMC in Manhattan, Justin, I don't think has it. Who has it then? The AFI theater? I'm, I'm sure smaller theaters in, in, in New York City. You know, I would love to go see the movie on the big screen, but – I don't know. I have an AMC A-list thing. I would I would rather do and that. And everyone I'd- says the reviews say if you can see it on the big screen. Well, that's just because that's a film critic sniffing their own shit. Okay, they're like, oh, you must see it on the big screen. I got an advanced screen. But you're but here. you're actually a proponent, it seems, of these shit. S- more so, snivers. I'm more of a proponent. Listen, my TV setup is surround sound with a 55 inch TV. It's go- a good setup. Okay, good enough for whatever. The Irishman is going to throw my way. Sure, it's not good enough for the next Batman movie, but it's good enough for The Irishman. And the problem for me is it's the interruptions. It's the – I can my phone will vibrate and I'll check it because I'm not in the theater. It's my baby will interrupt me. That's the reason I think we still need theaters to an extent for these movies. And I'm upset that a film as good as Dolomite is it, – it, it just it, – made a splash because it's Eddie Murphy coming back, but it came and went on Netflix. It's gone. Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, but more people, how many more people watched it probably because it was on Netflix. Yes. And that's also an argument on to, to Netflix's point for sure. Netflix making these movies and putting them on Netflix makes it so that everyone can see them. People who don't have the means or don't have the ability to get to the theater, they can see this movie. But I wish there was a way to harmonize it together. And the, if you the theater find chain, that solution, you would make a lot of money. If there was a movie, Justin, that could have made the theater chains and Netflix see eye to eye, it was The Irishman, and they did not. I agree with you. That this, I believe. That, I believe what it was. They want a ninety-day window. Normally, they were willing to come down to seventy-two or forty-five, maybe, and Netflix wanted thirty, and they just their the last offer was they either forty-five or seventy-two, and they were like, no, no good, and they walked away. They'll get there eventually, but I agree. If it's going to be now many years, probably because the Irishman was the movie to do it, and yep. they can't do if it. Scorsese's then. newest epic, crime epic, can't do it. I don't know. It's not bright too. I'll tell you that. No, it's not going to be bright too. Which I can't <laughs> believe it's still being made at some point. Yeah. But I mean, so, anyway. So that I just want to get that off my chest. I, I'm sure I would have liked. I like this movie. I would have liked it even more if I was able to watch it continuously and maybe in a theater. So besides those um, light criticisms on the film, uh, the second criticism I have on uh, actually is: so is it? Am I wrong in thinking he stole the material sort of from these hobos? Oh, he absolutely did steal the material. Or he, I, I would say he, he. Use them for inspiration because I mean I feel like some of it was almost right from their mouths. <laughs> yes, it's, it shows him writing it down, but and like maybe putting his spin on it. But he definitely just right, but as the years went, yeah. But it. as the years went on, you think that he wrote, he wrote those songs, he wrote all that stuff. I think the initial push was absolutely the material of all those hobos, and I this, would this like movie to was read, the kind I would of like movie. to read into it more. I just don't know, you know. This movie was a, a blue sky type film where nothing really went wrong, right? There was maybe a setback tier there, here, there, but he pushed and he, he got he, – he achieved his dreams, you know? Yeah, but that's to be fair. The guy is like 50 years old in this movie and he's been told no his whole fucking right, right, life. Right, 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 right. Right, but, right, but – 
I'm saying this is that type of movie. And so I thought we would have seen maybe then like towards the end of the film or somewhere in the middle during a montage, he like brought the homeless men, you know, on tour with him and gave them front row seats or something like that. Where we would see a comeback, acknowledge that these guys were instrumental in his comeback or his, his rise. Yeah. I mean, why? I don't why? know. Cause I, I'm walked out of my family room, not theater family room thinking, huh? He kind of stole his material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just really is what it is. He stole the material. I don't know what to okay, tell you. Okay, <laughs> at least as long as we're calling a spade a spade, I guess. So um, a couple interesting things that I – so this is per my brother that he said he watched your interview. God. So he said that Eddie Murphy has been wanting to do this movie for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Rudy Ray Moore, when he was live – was asking way too much money for the rights. Like we're talking millions and millions of dollars because that's mm-hmm. who Rudy Ray Moore, which is not surprising yeah, to anyone if you watch that movie. <laughs> uh, so he said, um, he said he just waited until he died and then he decided <laughs> to make this movie. <laughs> but I thought that was like a little interesting tidbit bit into the the kind of man this he, that this guy was because okay. he definitely tried to take a buck if he could. This is the it. kind of guy that wouldn't take no for an answer. That's correct. Um, that's something that is very admirable. The guy has flaws, of course, but and I'm sure he was even crazier in real life too. <laughs> um, but you know what he was able to actually do is just mind blowing to me. Um, I guess there's not much else to talk about. We, do you? We, there's not really any spoilers either. Um, I will say Wesley Snipes in this movie, I thought almost stole the show. I thought he was hysterical. The way he played the part was hysterical, and he's in Coming to America. Uh, two coming to America. Ugh. He's in coming to America too, and uh, but he's playing, I believe, a war general, a warlord almost. He's the bad guy, yeah. Yeah, bad guy, and I think it's going to be a completely different role. And this role was kind of different for him, wasn't it? Yeah, he was kind of just like a very flamboyant. Yeah, act, like he was a big actor in their minds, but he really was not wasn't? a big actor. Right, at all. right. But he acted like it, and I mean, I thought, I thought he was great. I think you were stronger on him than me. I thought that the rest of the supporting cast was just – I thought the the woman, what's her name, was uh, – Divine? I think she I was fantastic. She was really good. She, yeah. stole the show. she brought a lot of the tender moments to this movie. Yeah, she was – she played Lady Reed and, and their musical song, their songs were very good. Their performances were great. Craig Robinson brought some awesome music. The music that they played the, – the music, the timepiece – the production, it was all really there and they crushed it. I mean, the suits, the music, just walking down the street at that time, it was just really cool to see and, and kind yeah. of get lost in that universe, you know? Yeah, for sure. And um, I think I think it's nice that this movie is out there. I think it's nice that it was a like a home run comeback, started the comeback for Eddie Murphy. Um, I'm excited now for everything else he's got lined up. I'm just really hoping Coming to America is good. Yeah, I agree. I also just think and that... All, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. All right. Uh, no, it, it's just nice that this movie was rated R. Yes, absolutely. And I think that this movie actually in many ways is important for like historical purposes because I had no idea. Yeah, true. I didn't really know much about black exploitation of the 70s. Obviously, we all know about Shaft, but... This is kind of a story that should should be told and should be known about because this is kind of how a lot of this culture was so 
embedded in that time. And it was so important that, you know, people today just didn't know about, I knew like the clothing and everything, but I didn't, I I never had this idea of what it was like and the obstacles that were going on with regards Uh, to race. I feel like this movie is all about friction and like getting pushback, you know, when you're trying to achieve your goal. But at the same time, I guess this is a little spoilery spoilers right here, but um, at the same time, I feel like there was no bad guy in this movie. There were people that were like, no, you can't do that. And then he'd wear them down. But like, that's okay, in real great. life, right? There's not necessarily a bad guy. It's like you're just trying yeah. to achieve your goal and people yeah. are stopping you. And their finances is the bad guy, right? You're, you know, there's like, <laughs> right? It, it's, it's, yeah. But even, even like his, even like his kind of skeezy looking, like mobster connected first record company, they were like totally. Nice guys and supportive of him. Yeah, right? they believed in him, and the whole time was, I was expecting them to like be like the white guys that screw over, you know, right. this this marginalized uh, uh, person, and and you know he has some success, and they're going to take all of it. And no, that doesn't seem like that's what happened at all. No, no, and you know what? He just he succeeds, and he doubles. He just keeps doubling down on himself, yeah, yeah. which is just amazing. Yeah, and that's like a great lesson to take from this movie as well. Is just bet on you. Correct. And he, he just believed in himself and it was just uh just an all time story. And I want to go watch that uh, club scene, the first club scene. It's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. so good. All right. Well, so you say, see it, I'm guessing. Tell me. I say, see it. I also say definitely see this movie. It's, it's one of the best Netflix films, I think that they've ever put out. And I think you would agree with it. I think they've got a lot coming up this last quarter of the year. That's going to surprise us and delight us. They've got this, they've got Irishman, they've got the King, which I do want to see with Timothy Chalamet. Uh, then they have, there was another, Oh, the, the, the marriage story. With Adam oh, Driver I can't wait Charles for Johansson. marriage story, which is supposed to be great. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of looks depressing. Kind of yeah, not into of course that. It's sure. going to be depressing. Right. Uh, then there was another one. Oh, there was another big one. Oh, what was it? Um, uh, all the Christmas movies, Princess, Princess, yep, that's Christmas, it. You're right, Princess, yep. Baby, um, all those. I can't. No, wait. there was, there was. Oh, the two popes, two popes. Yeah, it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. It's with um, it's with uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Jonathan Price, and they play Pope Francis and Pope Benedict when he retired. Uh, what about, the trailer is amazing. You got to check it out. What about Hot Pope? Isn't uh, that the uh, that no, it, no, that's called the new. There's, what was the original series called? New Pope. Young Pope. I thought or, it was Young Pope. And now it's New Pope. Yeah, with John Malkovich and Jude Law, and it's like a sequel series, I think. Sub. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, um, yeah, but so so anyway, I think what's what's next then for us? Um, Lighthouse. I'm going to see Lighthouse to Correct. right now. White House, and then we're going to get into some Christmas movies on Netflix. I do want to see Jojo Rabbit. We got to see Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. uh, Terminator hit this weekend. It also sunk this weekend. It it got decent reviews, but it flopped. I'm done, man. I'm really kind of just – It might might lose $100 million. I just don't – you know, who's calling for more Terminator movies? No one. I guess so. I didn't want any Terminator movies. I'm done with it. Yeah. I'm out. Oh, well. I, I want to support these new stuff like Dolomite. I want to support Lighthouse. I want to support Jojo Rabbit. Like these are movies that are, you know, special, originally written mo- movies based off of nothing that I want to support. I don't want to just do a fucking franchise that's beaten to the ground anymore. It's tiring. Stop mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. 
you know, and that's where Netflix comes in. And maybe Netflix is successful because they are investing in all these little movies that no one wants, no one would else. Well, that's that's one of the good things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Is that they are supporting these small films that would never get made on on the big screen. Yeah. Especially Uh, all these Hallmark movie ones. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, Take for listening to this, this week's episode. Questions, comments, concerns, please feel to feel free to email us at twoguysonemovie.podcast at gmail.com. Check out the site, comment all you'd like. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on any Android podcast app, any podcast app, even on an Apple phone, too. You can, But my favorite way to listen to us is on Spotify. Download, subscribe, give us a review, five stars. Five stars. That's right. Five stars. Thanks for listening. Until next time, from Matt and Justin, have a good one.